Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Jesus 911. This is uh, the show every single week where uh, you got a couple of retired cops that uh, get just kind of weighing on the culture wars and weighing on things that are happening in the Catholic faith. My name is Jesse Romero. I've got my partner, Paul Clay. Uh, both of us are retired from the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department. I also want to let you know that the month of August is the month devoted to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. The Pray rosary every day. The Immaculate Heart of Mary is often venerated together with the Sacred Heart of Jesus. You really, you really can't separate both of them. And uh, the, the Sacred Heart of Jesus is celebrated in June. And with good reason, because we as Catholics... We celebrate life, not death. Uh, today's also the feast day of St. John the Baptist. St. John the Baptist, pray for us. Amen. And every single one of us is called to be a St. John the Baptist in our own right. And Paul, I just want to mention, we're waiting for, for an interview right now with Bob Kroll. He wrote a book on fatherhood. Uh, and I think it's, mm. uh, yeah, it, it's a book that uh, it's called Father Wound and Beyond, Confronting and Healing the Greatest Wound of All. Uh, so we'll be getting them on any any minute now. Paul, Paul, I just want to mention that I have a lot of respect, even more so now, for Dr. Scott Hahn, who has stuck his neck out, and he's speaking out, Paul, against some of the things, some of the modernist, liberal, woke uh, tendencies that are coming from the Synod of Synodality. And Dr. Scott Hahn has stuck his neck out and has spoke out for truth. And he has a lot to lose because, again, this this... This man has brought in more Protestants into the Catholic Church than anybody else in the last 40 years single-handedly as a result yeah. of his incredible intellect. But, uh, but he realizes that you know, there's something fishy in Denmark, and I just want to just give him public kudos for the fact that he's made some very positive statements uh, showing that he, he knows exactly what's happening right now. Any comments on that, Paul? Yeah, Jess, um, I can just tell you, uh, as someone who came in as a revert back to the Catholic church, um, I can understand, you know, listen, we understand what rebellion is all about and, and, and not, you know, uh, obedience, having no obedience to authority. So, you know, when Scott Hahn says something, he doesn't say it, you know, lightly in the sense that he doesn't take it lightly. Um, this is an issue. The issues that are going on in the church, they're not just, you know, a lot like a, a political issue where it's right wing versus left wing, liberal versus conservative. These are issues that actually affect our salvation. These are important issues. These issues go right to the nature of God, the unchanging God. God cannot change. And therefore, because God is immutable, his truth that he has uh, uh, guided the church uh, through, by the power of the Holy Spirit that truth can never change. And so when you see these um, people that want to bring the church in conformity to the world, we know there's a problem. And kudos to Scott for speaking up. Yeah, yeah. Good for him. Uh, yep. Richard, maybe you could tell our guests. You could just call in. Just give them the number. Just text them the number, uh, the triple eight number, and we could have Bob Kroll in. Uh, yeah. I, I, Paul, we're also going to talk about uh, there's this... There's this uh, country singer 
I never heard of him. I don't listen to much country. His name's Oliver Anthony. But he sung a song, which is very nope. true. Just nobody ever heard of him until he sang that song. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, now everybody knows who he is. Mm-hmm. But what's funny is, is what he says is absolutely true. I, I got on the map yesterday uh, on, on the internet, and I, t- I looked at the map of Richmond, Virginia, and everything north of Richmond, Virginia. Yeah, everything north of Richmond, Virginia. Pennsylvania, Boston, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York. Yeah, he's absolutely right. Uh, uh, and, and the song is called, Is the Cat Out of the Bag? Uh, <laughs> so we'll be talking about that as well. But uh, we're waiting for Bob Kroll to call in. Bob Kroll wrote a book, and he, I think he's going to call in right now. Richard just told him to call in. Uh, yeah. The book is called The Father Wound and Beyond, Confronting and Healing the Greatest Wound of All. Mm. He, uh, Bob enjoys, uh, he's a nationally known speaker and founder of the With All Your Heart Institute, an apostolate uh, that focuses on making others aware of how emotional wounds from the past affect our lives and our relationship. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. I can re- Jess, I, I can relate to that on every level. I've got my own <laughs> testimonies involved in that as well. But, you know, Jess, this father wound, it goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Bob, are you on, my friend? I am, my friend. <laughs> Welcome to the show. This is uh, my name is Jess Romero. You're on with Paul Clay. My, uh, we both uh, do this show on Tuesday and Thursday, Jesus 911. We're glad to have you on to talk about your book. And uh, Paul, uh, my, my partner, Paul, was going to say something about a father wound. Paul, what were you going to say? Yeah, what I was going to say, and, and I'm sure Bob will probably agree with it. Uh, this father wound goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. So, Bob, talk to us. Uh, what diocese are you from? Uh, and uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how you as a Catholic layman, how and why you put this book together, how it came about. Sure. So... <clears throat> I live in the Diocese of Green Bay. Bishop David Ricken is our, is our man here. Okay. Um, I live in, uh, near the city of Appleton, Wisconsin, and I have been married for 29 years. I have four boys, ages Praise 26, God. 23, uh, 18, and 16. Wow. And uh, um, I, uh, I, I wanted to write a book because I knew there was a, a major problem in fatherhood in our world today. Uh, yes. Fathers are just not doing their jobs in all cases. Some fathers yes. are doing terrible, <laughs> terrible things uh, to their children. Uh, the, the lack of love that a child needs is missing, and it, it just creates a huge hole in that child's heart. So mm. put together a book to, to, ex, to expound on this topic of the father wound. So give us, give oh. us a definition, uh, Bob, of what is the father wound. Give us a, a, def, a, a blue-collar definition that we can understand. You betcha. The father wound is the long-term emotional pain a person suffers caused by the abandonment Mm. of a father's love. So it's long-term because typically these wounds take place in childhood, but we do not realize these effects until years later into our adulthood. Mm. The, the, The wound is emotional because it affects our hearts most deeply. Yes, and, yes. And, and also, there's the abandonment of a father's love, because a father is expected, he is designed, he is meant to love his child. And when he fails to love, he has abandoned one of his most essential, one of his most core duties. Yes, uh, Bob, got a comment here, Paul Clay here. 
Um, yes, Paul. I'm reminded of, uh, I, I remember when I was a young deputy and I walked into my captain's office and I saw a sign on the wall and it said, perception is everything. And I also would like to add to what you're saying in the sense that uh, sometimes, you know, whether it may not even be true, this abandonment, but if it's perceived by the child, the wounds are just as real. Yeah. That's a good you know, point. Uh, just because. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, no. So the, and I, and I can say this through personal experience. Um, I can, uh, um, when uh, it's unfortunate, but I was married outside of the church and, uh, and I had children and it, and, 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 you know, it did not, uh, work. The marriage did not last. And um, I remember my children feeling like I abandoned them, like 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 they felt that way. It, nothing could right. be further from the truth. But they, you know, they were like, oh, oh, dad has a, a, a new family now, you know, that type of a situation. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, uh, so I understand that 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 perception also is equally damaging. Mm. Yes, I, I, and I agree with that, Paul, because there, there are a lot of fathers who are really struggling. Uh, they're, they're trying to do their best, and sometimes it just doesn't work out. And you're right, there's that perception of a father wound. There's that, there's that, that, uh, that pain that still persists because yes. dad just doesn't seem to be there like I need him to be there for yes. me. Yes, yes, yes. Bob, just before we continue, how can people get a hold of your book? Because we have a lot of questions to ask you, but how can people get a hold of you this bet. book? Give us a title, and how can they get a hold of it? Sure. The, the title is called The Father Wound and Beyond, Confronting and Healing the Greatest Wound of All. And you can get mm. this at my website. That's the best way to go uh, at withallyourheart.org, www.withallyourheart.org. Mm -hmm. Bob, what, what situations can cause these wounds to occur? Sure. So <clears throat> when, uh, when a child, well, I guess basically what happens when a child is wounded, it's due to one of two things, abuse or neglect. That abandonment is caused by abuse or neglect. When dad doesn't love like he should, he's abandoning his job as loving. So Abuse can be something like emotional, like name-calling, extreme yelling, threats, criticizing, mocking, uh, uh, scaring or provoking to anger, humiliating in front of others, unwanted teasing. Um, there can be the physical abuse, the, the punching, slapping, pushing, shaking, choking, kicking, excessive tickling even. Um, there's the sexual abuse, of course, the inappropriate touching, exposing a child to pornography, obscene conversations, mm. stuff like that. So that's wow. the abandonment mm. part. Now we have the neglect part. So uh, of dad's love is just missing because of neglect. For example, mm -hmm. not taking care of basic physical needs, not showing physical affection like hugs and kisses. Bob, hold, the, hold that not thought. Yep, Bob, hold that thought. Yep, We're coming to a hard break. Hold on, Paul. We'll Bob, we'll keep you on for the next segment. We uh, a lot of, got a lot to ask you. Jesus 911, stick around. We got Bob Kroll on talking about father wounds. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888 526 21 
Psalm 31, verse 24, be strong and let your heart take courage. That's the verse that's on Bob's uh, Bob Kroll's book, The Father Wound and Beyond, Confronting and Healing the Greatest Wound of All. Bob, this is a big topic. We're going to keep you on for another another two segments. This is huge. Uh, and mm-hmm. me and Paul, obviously, you know, fathers and grandfathers, uh, we want to try to... Mm. Uh, uh, we want to try to take uh, all the information that you can provide our audience and just run with it. So uh, what are some of the long-term effects of being wounded? Sure. And can you guys hear me okay now? Yep, sure can. Yeah. Okay. Can all right. Great. So let, let me just finish up. Um, Jesse and, and Paul, I was on the on the topic of you know what causes these wounds to occur. To occur. And mm-hmm. we talked about the abuse side of things, but then there's the neglect side of things where a, a father doesn't do things like taking care of basic physical needs, um, the lack of affection, like hugs and kisses, not affirming gender identity, not affirming emotions, mm. not comforting in times of distress, uh, not teaching about life or faith, the Catholic faith, not taking to church, not doing things mm-hmm. like playing or fishing or exploring nature. Or just even talking, taking the time to just talk to your child one-on-one. So some of those, these are the reasons why these wounds develop within a child. Bob, you know something, just, uh, I'm going to put some meat on the bone here. Paul and myself, we were cops in Los Angeles County, and we grew up in Southern California. And I can tell you, I mean, I, I grew up around... Uh, I'm nothing to boast about. It just, it just, it is what it is. I grew up around a lot of gangs in 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 the, mm-hmm. in the pockets of Los Angeles County where I grew up in. There was a lot of Hispanic gangs and a good number of black gangs as well. Uh, and I can tell you, I picked, I picked on this very, I picked up on this very early on. The gangs have their own father figures. It's usually because you know most most of them don't have a dad at home or a deadbeat dad. And the father mm-hmm. figure for them is a tough guy that just came out of prison or youth authority. You know, he benches 300 pounds, and he's a tough neighborhood kid. He kind of starts mentoring these kids that have a father wound. And we have also seen that he, and even within these gangs, they have, they have this rite of passage. You want to make sh- we, we, you want you you want us to consider you a man? Then you've got to run between this line, and we're going to pummel you as you run between the line. And these gang members. You know, Hispanics and blacks, this this was very common. They would beat the, the tall rod of this young kid. And once you came out of the line with, you know, black eyes and bro- broken nose and some of your teeth knocked out, that was the rite of passage. And that was kind of the fathers of the neighborhood. These patriarchs mm-hmm. were initiating them into, into, into society. And so me and Paul, we've seen what Father Wound is called. It's thrust a lot of young people in Los Angeles County into the gang lifestyle. Paul, do you have any comments? Yeah, and... You know, once that rite of passage is done, you know, Jess, uh, the gang then says, listen, we're your family now. We're never going to leave you. We're always going to be there for you. We got your back. And so that so so what you have here is they are basically undermining uh, God's design for those individuals, and they are replacing it with something that is uh, affected by uh, fallen sinful nature. Yeah. Amen. So, Bob, give us some statistics about fatherlessness in our world. I mean, me and Paul have actually seen this as cops, but we want to hear from you. who You've done the research on this. Yeah, you bet. And, and I'm glad you guys have that background uh, as, as officers, because you understand that so many of the reasons why we have 
guys going the wrong ways because they just don't have that proper father figure mm-hmm. in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, you were talking, Jesse, about uh, that uh, father figure that shows up for these gang kids. Yeah. It reminds me that uh, show, that movie Courageous, which shows an episode just like that, where the new guy is getting the crap beaten out of him by, by the uh, other gang members. And uh, it's, it, it, it's true life stuff, just like you said. Let me yeah. give you some statistics, guys. Uh, 92% of parents in prison are fathers. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Uh, fatherless children are two times more likely to commit suicide, four times more likely to be raised in poverty. The girls are seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teen. Mm. Kids are nine times more likely to drop out of school. They are 10 times more likely to abuse chemical substances, 11 times more likely to have violent behavior, and 20 more times likely to be incarcerated. Isn't this Mm. crazy? Yes, and true, though. It is so true. The anger that's that's just uh, built up. uh, It's sad, Bob, when you really think about how how much this affects and by the way this is exactly why satan is attacking the family i remember when pope john paul ii said uh god and his deepest mystery is a family family is so important to us as human beings and that and 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 all fatherhood as you know bob is derived from the fatherhood of god that's right yeah paul you got a question for bob yeah so um what does a child need from a father? Uh, some practical advice given here, exactly. Sure. So, what what happens in a child when when that aban- that abandonment of the father's love happens? That wound that takes place. There's a message attached to it. Oftentimes, for example, you are dumb. You are ugly. You're not masculine. You're unlovable. And underlying this this wound is shame. Okay, Mm. so there's let me let me talk about two types of shame, guys. There's the toxic shame and then there's healthy shame. Healthy Mm -hmm. shame is like, hey, you step on someone's toe. It was an accident. You say you're sorry or Mm -hmm. you steal something from the store uh, and you know it's a sin. Your conscience starts talking to you and speaking to you. Hey, you did something wrong. So so you confess that sin. So that's a healthy type of shame. Hey, I did something wrong. You know, I need to make amends here. Then so 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 then there's the toxic shame. The toxic shame is that feeling of being defective or worthless as a person. Mm. So when you compare the two, healthy shame comes from within us. It's our conscience speaking to us. However, toxic shame is something that gets dumped upon us. It's where we feel defective and worthless because someone says something or fails to do something, like dad fails to love us or does something like abuse that makes us feel those ways that we don't feel the best that we can be as a person. So then you start to build a wall around your heart. You you start suppressing the real person that you are, the the person that God created you to be, because Mm -hmm. you don't want to get hurt anymore. So you kind of protect your heart and you just become a shell of the person that God created you to be, to to, to go out into this world and and, and set the world on fire. Yeah. And that wall, that wall, yeah, prevents ahead, you, that wall prevents you from being able to truly love uh, because, so 
Yeah, because you want to protect yourself, like you said, and and so you 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 know you understand somewhere in your psyche that you're vulnerable, right? And so right. you build these walls around you, and you make yourself uh, impenetrable, and 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 that also means impenetrable uh, to the love of God in that sense, because like I said, all fatherhoods derive from the fatherhood of God. That's right. Good stuff. Hey, uh, anybody that's uh, within an earshot of this show. Get the book, The Father Wounded Beyond. This is this is a good gift to give to any man. The I Father get Wounded it. Beyond. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I want it. It's it's with all your heart.org, with all your heart.org. Yes. Get the book. It's go pick it up at with all your heart.org. The book is called The Father Wounded Beyond. Every one of us can relate to this. Hey, Bob, we're going to keep you on for a third segment because this is some this is some good stuff here. This is this is meat and potatoes Catholicism. Let me ask you a question: When did this breakdown in fatherhood occur? Uh, give us a little bit of theology, but it probably goes back to Adam. It sure does. You know, when when you look at what happened, even before the the universe was created, the angels were given that test of whether they would love God or not. And of mm -hmm. course, we know that's, that Lucifer decided to be, uh, he decided he wanted to be worshipped instead of worshipping God, his creator. Yes. Yes. And so he pulled down a third of those uh, of his buddies. And, uh, and that's when they rejected the fatherhood of God. That's when things really began. Mm -hmm. They rejected his fatherhood. Yeah. And, and of course, he wanted to become the father himself. And he is a father. He's the father of lies. Yes. So then right. the father of lies decides, hey, he, he hears about this creation that God the Father will bring into the world, man and woman. And he knows he, he is powerless against God the Father. But what he can do is get back at God the Father through the human father and through the human family. And so that that was his premise. You know, if I can get to to the humans, uh, to the, the man and the woman, I will get my revenge on God. But he he is he is a coward. Let's face it. Satan is a coward. He is. He's a little Saint Joseph scares the heck out of him. Saint Joseph's the terror of demons. So mm -hmm. <laughs> so Satan. He, he's a coward, so he decides to go to the woman instead of the man to challenge humanity. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he goes to the woman, and 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 I I think that Adam may have been in another part of of the garden when the the snake started speaking to to Eve, just because it's it's scripture tells us that the snake spoke to Eve and said, okay, and then of course that then we all know what happened. That did God say you can't eat any of these? Any of the fruit of the, any of these trees? No, it's just the one. Is what Eve responded with, and then she started contemplating. Boy, that that sure looks good. It, it it'll bring me wisdom. It looks great. It it'll taste good, and then uh, and then she, I think she brought it over to Adam and had a little discussion. Said, "Hey, the snake says we're not going to die, so I think mm. we're going to be okay." And then Adam had to make the choice: Is he going to defend his wife? Is he going to defend all of creation? Is he going to be the father? that we need him to be for all of humanity for all time. And of course, he gives in to mistrust of God the Father. He doesn't go to speak to God the Father and say, hey, you know what this, this snake told us? No, he makes a decision on his own. And that's where it all went downhill, of course, from there and the first original sin 
uh, th right there, that the original sin of Adam and Eve took place because they rejected the fatherhood of God. Yep. Mm. Good stuff. Good mm. stuff. You're listening to Jesus Night. When we got Bob Kroll. He's the author of a book called The Father Wound uh, and Beyond. The Father Wound and Beyond. Pick this book at the following website, withallyourheart.org. Withallyourheart.org. The book is called The Father Wound and Beyond. Bob, we're going to keep you on for another segment because this is really, really good stuff. Uh, but just uh, on the other side of the break, I want you to answer this question. How does our earthly father relationship affect our relationship with God the Father? Uh, mm. there, there has to be a connection there. There has to be a connection. We're about to go to a hard break. You're listening to Jesus 9 Womb. Just remember, Paul Clay, we've got Bob Kroll. He's a speaker. He's an author. He wrote a powerful book. It's called The Father Wound and Beyond, Confronting and Healing the Greatest Wounds for All Catholic Men. So you can relevant. pick up the book at withallyourheart.org. Withallyourheart.org. Stick around. We'll be right back with Bob Kroll. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Well, I can't hear Paul. Paul. I can't hear Paul. We're back, Jesus 911. Uh, we're here with Paul Clay, Jess Romero. We've got Bob Kroll. And we are talking about a book that every single man should get. It's called The Father, Wound, and yeah. Beyond. Paul, can you hear you? Yeah, I'm back, Jess. Okay. Got a question for uh, for Bob? Yes, yes. Bob, uh, by the way, Bob, there could be no more relevant topic for today. This is such, as Jesse stressed earlier, this is such a huge topic, so important. Um, it, it's, it's, it's really central to, uh, to our journey here. Uh, on this earth. But anyway, uh, back to the question Jess asked, how does our earthly father relationship affect our relationship with God the Father? Yeah, great question. You know, John Paul II, the great John Paul, he wrote in his book, Crossing the Threshold of Hope. He wrote mm -hmm. that original sin is above all an attempt to abolish fatherhood. Okay, so there's that there's that constant struggle that we have with our own sins, you know, and, and as dads, we don't always uh, do, you know, all that we're supposed to do. We fail many times. And so when a child sees that type of thing and, and feels those effects, whether they're perceived, you know, as truth or not, uh, that relationship of the earthly father is a direct re reflection of the heavenly father. Many mm -hmm. times there's that association. We, we associate the fatherhood of God with the relationship with our own father, Paul. Yes. And so, you know, through that, when it's abuse, like from dad, when we feel that God, the father, he's a vengeful, vengeful God. He, he's angry. I can't meet his expectations. And then when there's that neglect we feel from our earthly father, we might start to feel things like, hey, God doesn't care for me. I'm alone. He doesn't even know I exist. I'm an orphan. And so, so you might even get to that point where you don't even believe God. There's that, that atheism and agnosticism yes. that starts to creep in. So yes. 
uh, you know, we can feel that we might have a father wound from our heavenly father, but that is absolutely impossible. Yes. God the Father has never and will yes. never abandon us. Amen. His love is Amen. always there for us. And you guys, you look at the prodigal son and what Jesus talked about, brother, about his father, defending his father. Jesus gave us that story, that beautiful story of how a father, he may have waited for days and weeks and months and even years for his son to come back. And that's what a good father does. And that's our yes. father in heaven. Yes. And, we, and it's not... That's not our earthly father all the time. He he doesn't, he's 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 a, a failed a sinner like all of us, you know. So we don't always, you know, uh, meet up to those expectations, yeah. but we try to be perfect like our heavenly father is yes. perfect, like Amen. He asks us yeah. to do. You know, Bob, you reminded me of a, a of a verse in sacred scripture where God says, How can you love me who you cannot see when you can't love your brother who you can see? Now, if that's true about a brother, how much more true. Is it about a father? So if there's a break in that relationship and love of a father, there's absolutely no way you can love God. Right. Yeah. So true. Bob, I've got know, another I, question. I, go ahead. To, go ahead, Jesse. Yeah. No, you're, you're going to yeah. answer Paul's question. Go ahead. Answer Paul's question. Yeah. Well, you know, and just to, to go a little bit deeper about how God the father sees us. Yes. That, yeah, that's his, get into that. Yeah. We are his beloved sons and daughters. And we're not just loved sons. We are beloved sons. That means Amen. really dearly, deeply loved. Yes, yes He yes. loves us unconditionally, no matter yes. our mistakes. Yes. And so if we don't have an earthly father that we, that we have that connection with, we can always turn to God the Father because he will always love us unconditionally and eternally. And, and and in baptism, Jesse, I've heard you talk about this. Yeah, you know, we become that those supernatural children of God the Father. Mm -hmm. We have this inheritance. We we have His love, and of course, eternal life uh, when we allow Him. When we allow Him to be a father to us. Mm. Bob, I'm hearing a lot of love come out of you, you know, <laughs> and say, say, sacred scripture says God is love. love. And, and, and like you and like you, uh, you, you alluded to, he's so intimately acquainted with all our ways. And like you said, if you no matter what a human being fails in whatever you know, God has called him to do, and we will fail to err is human. God will never fail. Right. I mean, I, right, that, that is just such an important point. He says in sacred scripture, I will be a father to the fatherless. So even if your earthly father is completely worthless by human standards, uh, you know, you're still called to honor him and respect him. And it takes supernatural grace in order to do that. But once you, and you can only get that grace from God. That's right. Amen. You know, when a major reason why I wrote this book is because I grew up in an alcoholic home. Mom and dad mm. drank a lot. Uh, there was nine of us kids on a dairy farmer's income wow. in the central Wisconsin. And I, I had three brothers, five sisters, and there's a lot of uh, emotional, verbal, and physical abuse. You know, so that's where that anger that you talk about, Paul, that's where that anger just was burning inside of me. And then when mm -hmm. I got married, I would have explosive anger moments when someone triggered me with something that I had no idea where it came from, you know, and mm -hmm. anger at my ch children and anger at the, the person on, on the highway and then road rage, all that stuff. 
But like you said, we need that supernatural grace to to actually forgive our fathers yes, here on earth yes. because they're not perfect. And that forgiveness is huge. It's a huge part of my book that we mm -hmm. need to accept the grace God wants to offer us for forgiveness of our fathers. You know, indeed. So what's what's how's your relationship now with your father, Bob? You Obviously, know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You shared I, a little I, bit. I, I went on a men's retreat several years ago, and the this was a retreat for just men who had really difficult relationships with their father. And through this retreat weekend, I was able to forgive my father completely for everything he had done as a child. And this was back when I was in my 40s, I went on this retreat. And so, so the forgiveness thing uh, took place, that grace was just exploding out of my heart to forgive my dad, to offer him the love that that he probably did get from even maybe his own father. Yes. And so, and so, uh, the uh, the forgiveness I offered him was was huge. Um, I, uh, Paul, Jesse, remind me the question here again. What I, I, I'm, I'm getting off yeah, track. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. The relationship between you and your father, Bob. Yes, and, and my father. And, and so, how yes. and, and how it relates to that forgiveness. You got it. Yes. So during this retreat, I, I spoke with a priest. He, and and he suggested that I write a, a, a letter to my father. So I, I wrote a three and a half page letter to my dad, explaining all the times wow. that he had hurt me. But also, dad, I forgive you. Dad, yes. I love you. I wrote yes. that letter to him and I sent it to him. And it took him a few months to absorb what I had written in this letter because he had no idea the pain he had caused me and even my other siblings. And so when he started to talk about this letter, we, we really started getting to, into great conversations and he started opening up. He said, Bob, I wish I would have been a better dad. Bob, I wish I could change things. I mm -hmm. wish things would have been different. I could have done things differently as a father. And yes. you could see his heart was melting with, with love and, 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 and softening, knowing that, hey, I, I made some mistakes in my life especially as a young dad, like we all do. And now it's time to make amends. And now we, we, we grew in love for each other. Um, the hatred, my, I, I'll tell you, it, it was hatred. I hated my dad. I mm. wanted to kill him. Mm. And, and that, that, that melted away. My forgiveness for him melted away. And we have a great relationship. Now we speak two or three, four times a week over the phone. He's, a, yes. he's two or three hours away from me, but yes. we have a great relationship and I've discovered the gifts that he has, that he, he's a wonderful person. He's a friendly person. He's a loving person. He's grown deeper in his faith because of, of, of all of this that's happened between me and him. And so yes. my relationship with my father, that reconciliation has been accomplished. And, and we all have that chance to accomplish this through forgiveness. And guys, yes. in my book, I walk through a 13-step process of forgiveness. And you can wow. do it on your own. You could have someone guide you through it. But I can tell you, guys, and, and, and Jesse, you just just last week or a week or two ago, you on, on the Terry Jesse show, you had your your uh, show was about forgiveness and how important that is. And, mm -hmm. and when we can forgive our fathers and our mothers and our siblings and the bullies at school and yes. anyone and everyone in our life, that's where we need to go. In order to become, in, in order to overcome these wounds, because with wounds, we're like soldiers on the battlefield that have been hurt, and we take yes. down three or four other guys to get us off the field, and we're ineffective. 
So we need yes. forgiveness. Once again, Bob, this is so central to our faith. I mean, uh, you remind me of so much scripture where God says, listen, if you're going to approach the altar and, 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 and you have ought with a brother, you need to go and handle that situation and settle it and make peace before you approach God. How much more again, yeah. like I said, a brother, how much more a father and, uh, you know, uh, you also reminded me of another verse. It's, you know, my people perish for lack of knowledge. knowledge. And so you have, so you have this knowledge, you have this, uh, you know, uh, an understanding that you were able then to take that knowledge and heal the relationship between you and your father. Uh, that's, that's, that's beautiful. the most beautiful so thing. Beautiful. And, and, and I can tell you on a personal level, I, I relate to what you're saying and it, and it's true. God can use the sons in order to initiate that and bring healing. Amen. Hey, you got to get the book, uh, The Father Wounded and Beyond, Confronting and Healing the Greatest Wound of All. Get the book at withallyourheart.org, yes. withallyourheart.org. You got uh, 30 seconds, Bob. Take it away. Go. Make an appeal. Paul, you remind me of Malachi chapter 4, verse 6. And he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come yes. and smite the earth with a curse. Yes. You guys, yes. does it feel like we are getting smitten by curses throughout our world lately? Indeed. We need to reestablish the father-son and the son-father and the child-father relationship. Wow. Yes, yes. And it, listen, stuff, it may Bob. not... It, it, it may not apply to you, but if but you know somebody who could use this book, yeah. go out and get that book and give it as a gift. Thanks, Bob. We'll have you on again. God bless you, my friend. Talk to you later. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Two-man car, Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. I want you to hear a song, a song by a country singer. Nobody knew him until he wrote the song. His name's Oliver Anthony, and the song is called Richmond, North of Virginia. Basically, if you look at Virginia, uh, Richmond, Virginia, and look at all the states north, New York, Boston, Massachusetts, Maryland, Pennsylvania, you know, all, all the hard, red, liberal, bastion uh, you know, wicked, woke states. That's what he's talking about. But I want you to hear this song. It's about three minutes long. Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip? Well, I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay so I can sit out here and waste my life away, drag back home and drown my troubles away. It's a damn shame. What the world's gotten to for people like me, people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Oh, it is living in the new world with an old soul. These rich men know the rich men.
politicians look out for miners and not just miners on an island somewhere lord we got folks in the street ain't got nothing to eat and the old beast milk and welfare god if you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge rounds young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground because all this is keep on kicking them down Lord, it's a damn shame What the world's gotten to For people like me For people like you Wish I could just wake up And it not be true But it is All it is Living in the new world With an old soul These rich men But I know that you do, cause your dollar ain't shit, and it's taxed to no end, cause the rich men, North rich men. I've been selling my soul. Working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay. Wow. Um, <laughs> this is a, you can tell this is a simple, just a simple guy. You can look at his picture, but uh, aside from some of his, uh, you know, some of the choice words that he's used he's describing the situation paul quite accurately that uh there's class warfare in this country it isn't really based so much on it's on color although they try to do that the left tries to always yes. insert color but it's of based course. on class it's yes. it, it and, and this, this is something that we see quite clearly right now uh they're trying to separate the haves from the have-nots uh and you see you know, he talks about things like, <clears throat> you, you can see that, for example, the way the FDA is treating us with, mm. with this COVID-19 scare. Okay, that's mm. it's coming again. It's coming again. We've time to lock everything down. Um, mm. It's well, uh, yeah, 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 the FDA just they're they're parroting uh, those that are holding the levers. The you know uh, the Democrat Party, the the party in power, and so they're they're just being weaponized. Uh, uh, to to do that but yeah uh, class warfare like you said there's a ruling class but Jess think about the the deep spiritual overtones to this song in the sense that yeah we already know we already know Jess that um that uh, sacred scripture tells us if the sun shall set you free you shall be free indeed but that freedom is not freedom from God it's freedom of under God. And so just like the Pledge of Allegiance says, one nation under God. And so so uh, everybody, when the Pledge of Allegiance was written, when, uh, you know, everybody in this country, you know, 
essentially ascribed to the Judeo-Christian principles and understood that we're talking about God, we're talking about his commandments, and we're talking about the liberty and the freedom that he affords us. And so now what you have is in, um, when we talk about Marxism, and we all know that we're heading towards a Marxist-type, socialist-type government, under that uh, it promises freedom. It promises the reward for the for the average person. But in reality, when you know when it take when 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 it reaches its end, it brings slavery. Jess, it brings slavery. It brings total control, like he alluded to in the song. They want to know what we're thinking. They want to know what we're doing. It brings totalitarianism, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. and and this is what this is. Uh, you know, it's again. It just shows you that how important God is to the human culture, how important understanding that uh, the Judeo-Christian God um, is God, you know, and, 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 and society was built, at least the Western society was built by our very own Catholic church. Talk, talk to me, Jess. Yeah, when you talk about Western civilization, the very definition of what, and this is what the Marxists are trying to destroy. And, and I'll just give you a quick definition of what of what Karl Marx philosophy seeks to destroy. They seek to destroy religion, family, and property. I'll say it again. Yes. Marxism seeks to destroy religion, family, and property. Marxism seeks to destroy religion, family, and property. And in fact, Pope Pius XI, one of the great popes, uh, wrote in an, in, in an encyclical about a hundred years ago. He says, uh, "No one can be at the same time a good Catholic and a true socialist." Mm. So this, this is these are the perennial teachings from popes for 150 years. Mm -hmm. But uh, this this country singer Paul is talking about the fact that our country right now, which is tending towards Marxism and socialism. They're trying to destroy Western civilization. Western civilization is Roman Catholic Christianity. Amen. Everything that you see, universities, hospitals, technology, science, schools, uh, medicine, all this was given to us by the Catholic Church, by Roman Catholic Christianity. The Catholic Church, as I've said many times, took the genius of Athens, Greece, the great orators, the great wisdom literature, the wise men. The Catholic Church took the sages and the history from the prophets in Jerusalem, and the Catholic Church took the law and order and governance from Rome. And the church put those three cities together under the lordship of Jesus Christ through the Catholic Church and has given us the greatest civilization known to man called Western civilization. This is what the New World Order is trying to destroy. This is what the globalists are trying to destroy. And Paul, they're trying to do it brick by brick. And right now they control all the levers of power. And this young man, this country singer, uh, all I can say is that everything he said was absolutely true. I mean, it, it, he was uh, speaking prophetically through a song the way right now those in control of almost every segment of society, they want to control us at all cost. Yes, and just I hope the audience again do not be tempted to think somehow that we're we're fighting a losing battle and somehow you know the devil has the upper hand. Let me tell you something: the devil's nothing more than a pit bull on a chain, in the sense that and 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 here's the reality: the 
the church is the mystical body of Christ, and therefore it will follow the same trajectory as Christ did when he uh, um, was uh, uh, 2,000 years ago. And as you mentioned over and over again, that we're, we're entering into the passion right now. So, so the persecution and everything else, you know, it, it, it must happen. And I always tell people, yep, Antichrist will come onto the scene. Why? So that, so that, why does God allow that evil? So, so that uh, so he can bring about a greater good. And what is that greater good? Amen. That Christ himself will vanquish his enemies. That's right. And, and let's not forget this, that people are always talking about, oh no, the tribulation, persecution, judgment, chastisement. Yeah, that's that. all those things will happen, but all those things are conditional. And people yes. seem to forget uh, we think about Jonah, the prophet, for example, mm. they, he was able, he didn't want to go and preach over in Nineveh, but then God says, no, you got to go and tell them. And, and he, he caused the whale to swallow him and spit him out three days later. And Jonah went to Nineveh. And why did God hold back his hand of judgment? Because they repented mm. and, they, and, and they amended their ways. And yes. so all judgment is conditional. All right. judgment and chastisement and and and, and, and uh, you know private revelations, yep. all of them are conditional yes. based on the people's response. If yes. my people repent and seek my face, then I will heal their land. So all like, judgment, yes. whether it's personal or it's national, it's all conditional. Yes, Chronicles, uh, uh, that came to mind as well, Jess. That's right. If my people who are called by my name, right? If, yeah. there's an if there, cooperate with the grace of God. Uh, in, in obedience to the covenants are what? There are, there are divine curses attached to disobedience, and there is divine blessing to, uh, for obedience. And uh, so, so essentially, you know, uh, it's... Uh, the onus is on us in the sense that yep. if we cooperate with God, uh, we will be blessed if we're obedient to God. Now, again, I say that it's going to happen. Why? Because God is God and he already knows the beginning from the end. And yeah. uh, he, you know, he has perfect knowledge of everything. That's a wrap, my friend. But... <laughs> Hard break. That's it. Show's over. Jesus 911, thanks for tuning in every single Tuesday and Thursday to these two uh, retired cops that love Jesus. Stick around for Gary Machuda Hands-On Apologetics. We'll see you next time. Same Christ time, same Christ channel. We are EOW. End of watch. We're out. <laughs>